You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble host and, you know, mostly peaceful while I'm at it too, Tim Tapp, and I am coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee. A beautiful, scenic, lovely, uh, somewhat overcast, a lot of heavy rain recently. Yeah, we've uh, we've had an interesting go of it the last little bit, and yet lots and lots of people have it way worse, so I am not complaining. Uh, glad to have you here, as always. I certainly appreciate you taking a little bit out of your very, very precious day to dedicate a little section of listening to this broadcast. Thank you so much. As, uh, as I always 
uh, intend to say, whether I remember to or not. So, you know, if you're in the future and I forget to say thank you, please understand, I really do appreciate you being here. All right. Today is the magic day, guys. We've been talking about for a few months now the brand new book by A.J. Rice, The Woking Dead. And it is officially out today. It is live, available on Amazon, available at other locations. And I'm going to give you a place for you to go and order it directly if you don't want to help support Amazon in this issue. And I would also like to remind you there is still time to get in on the drawing for a free copy. All you have to do is go to one of the multiple social media sites that I have a presence or the show has a presence, uh, share a link to the show page on the platform that you listen to, or show uh, share a link to uh, an individual episode that you really, really like, one of your favorite broadcasts. You can go back and find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, just be sure to tag me in it or tag the show, depending on where you're at. If you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, uh, if you're on some of the other platforms, and you'll see that it's the show, Tap Into the Truth, instead of me, but you're still going to get to see that uh, profile uh, picture. You'll know it's me. Just look for me, Gabs, Freely, MeWe, uh, Parlor, Truth Social, uh, even over at LinkedIn, if you want to go there, obviously the, the standbys of... Uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, and uh, of course, locals would be good. In fact, still a chance to get extra chances to win in the drawing if you go and join the Tap Into the Truth community at locals.com. And I will share a link to that as well in today's show description. Uh, but really, all you have to do is go over to locals.com, look for communities, and then look for Tap Into the Truth. That's T-A-P-P, Tap Into the Truth. Uh, for those of you that uh, may not know this, but I do occasionally write reviews for books, and sometimes I will just write blurbs. Uh, this next little bit's kind of a op-ed slash quasi-book review that you should see at BizPack Review um, probably as early as tomorrow. Uh, it's my understanding they have accepted it. It's, they may have it up sometime later today, and if they do before... Uh, before I finalize the uh, show description for today for the uh, podcast, uh, I will go ahead and sneak the link into that as well. But I wrote this, and I wanted to share it off the top before we jump into anything. It's titled, The Woking Dead Unmasked the Villains Tearing America Apart, and One Man Fighting to Stop Them. All right, so The Wizard of Oz culminates in a moment in which the man behind the imposing imagery and gadgetry is revealed to be a rather unassuming fellow, flipping levers to create the illusion of magic. I can't help but think of the scene when reading The Woking Dead. But there's a bit of a twist. You see, the man behind the curtain reveals that he's actually larger, more connected, and more involved than seems possible. The man behind the curtain has been everywhere over the past decade and a half, behind so many leaders that you know and admire, but you never even knew he was there. He's a conservatism phantom menace, torturing liberalism from the shadows. 
His name is A.J. Rice. And in The Woking Dead, people are discovering the first-time author behind any curtain. He's stepping out as himself to reveal his role in the conservative moments while also exposing the people, groups, and forces seeking to tear our beloved country apart. When I say Rice has been everywhere, here's what I mean. He developed Laura Ingram's and Monica Crowley's radio show. He brought countless conservative books to market and powered them to the New York Times bestsellers list. Names like Donald Trump Jr., Charles Krauthammer, and Pete uh, Hitchens. He's the radar of the conservative movement. Seeing threats over the horizon and seeking the opportunities to win long before most others even see the problem. He was years ahead on seeing the Trump phenomenon, bringing Trump in studio for interviews on uh, populism in the mid-2000s. And he is years ahead on the woke zombie hordes. What they're up to and how to fight them. That's where the Woking Dead comes in. See, in Rice's book, it's a, it's a searing forensic examination of our moment and how we got here. And, even more importantly, where it will inevitably lead if America stays on the destructive course Joe Biden and his handlers, if they get their way. They're already purposely destroying the economy and the military, doing as much damage as they can to leave America weak for our enemies to be stronger. Section 1, Unmask Biden as the meat puppet atop a toxic, anti-American, anti-freedom, even anti-human movement. Biden, Rice writes, is the barely there facade. The facade. I, you would think I was having trouble with the English language. <laughs> Biden, Rice, is, Rice wrote in this book, is the barely there facade, the so-called moderate, who's presiding over the woke transformation of our nation. See, AJ, he rips the weak men who want a weak America and who wanted Biden. A man who spent decades in Washington accomplishing literally nothing but peddling his influential positions to make himself wealthy. Section 2 of The Woking Dead, well, it brings in the Calvary. The charge of the MAGA brigades, who had one simple goal, to make America truly great again. After decades of shape-shifting Democrats and spineless Republicans presiding over the decline of America, Donald Trump led, inspired, rattled cages, got under skin, and changed American politics the first president to weaponize social media, Trump, Rice wrote, 
brought the vision and fearlessness that America needs to reclaim its rightful place leading the world, not putting its decisions to some John Kerry-esque internationalist. Every Trump fan and critic must read The Woking Dead to understand the true scope of the man's purpose and consequential leadership. He details, he being AJ, he details the woke virus that's dividing our country from school classrooms to corporate boardrooms. And no one knows the terrain better than the man who has been involved in the fight at all levels, and that is A.J. He also warns America of the rising threat from China and how American policy enriched and empowered the monsters and butchers in Beijing as they engaged on genocide on their own soil and widespread espionage on ours. The China section, uh, titled China's Dress Rehearsal, well, it is harrowing terrifying read. It is. And one that no one who loves America should ignore. The Woking Dead is raising a generation's call to action. It's smart. It's hilarious. It's engaging and enraging. And full of the hope that we need to weaponize to rebuild America and keep her great and strong. Simply put, the Woking Dead is the political book of 2022 and the definitive setup for 2024 and beyond. A.J. Rice steps out from behind the curtain to reveal what he's been up to and to show what it will take to save America from the woke zombie hordes on our campuses, dominating Twitter, and increasingly lurking in every HR department in the country all the way up to the Pentagon. Time is short. The woke zombies are seizing their moment. The woking dead is the battle plan to defeat him. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And like I said, that should be uh, making its appearance in BizPack Review. You can look at bizpackreview.com. Uh, and uh, you may want to just go to the uh, columnist section. And then if you go to the full listing of columnists, you'll scroll down. And because it's in alphabetical order, uh, you'll see me down here at the bottom of that list. You'll probably see a lot of other familiar names, folks who are regulars on this show, which, by the way, A.J. Rice has played a major part in making sure that they're available and that we have been connected with one another. You'll also see some larger names like Ben Shapiro and uh, uh, a few other big names that I'm very, very honored to be a columnist on a shared platform with. But as you scroll down there, you can click that and that will show you everything that uh, uh, I've written that appears on their platform. And from there, as soon as it hits, if you, it, it should it could possibly be there later uh, this evening. But we'll definitely be there by some point tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, just, just check it out, support it, click it, read it, and that way folks will know. And there are links that are live in this article, when you see it there, that will help you to, uh, to get back and forth with where you need to, to be as far as looking for 
uh, references that are in the article and, you know, various other things. All right. So with that having been said, what do you say we actually get on to one of the main show topics? Because, you know, I spent a lot of time talking about that. Although, you know, you know what? Yeah, let's let's go ahead. Let's let's get into this because there's too many things we need to get to. And I may end up talking a little too long about this one anyway. I have a feeling it may end up dominating the remainder of this first hour. So I'll probably have to take a break in the middle, but you know how that goes. Now, if you have had your head buried in the sand today, let's say you've been busy working, for example. You know, imagine that, an American a conservative that's working. Who knew that was even possible? More to the point, who knew anybody else would be working, right? All right, so at any rate, if you were too busy today to come across this uh, news story, it's been everywhere, and this is normally the kind of thing that I think everybody else has covered, but it's too important not to talk about. And that is this report that a highly credible, and I'm going to go back and we'll say it again, and I'm using the air quotes for those of you that can't see me, which will be all of you because this is not on video, <laughs> highly credible whistleblowers now are exposing the fact that the FBI had a scheme to protect Hunter Biden from these damning allegations that were popping up left and right. Now, first, let's take a look at how this is being reported. Uh, highly credible whistleblowers are currently alleging that the FBI and Justice Department are in fact continuing to be engaged in a coordinated scheme to downplay and to discredit negative information related to Hunter Biden. Now, some people are saying this is a shocking allegation. I don't think it's that shocking uh, when you take a look at how politicized the Department of Justice and the FBI have become. Uh, the folks at the very top have become political actors. And it really seems like Democratic presidents in particular love having their guys delving out their idea of justice. Spoiler, uh, most Democrats, they don't seem to understand what justice actually means. Just, you know, just say. Anyway, these so-called shocking allegations, uh, they were revealed in a letter that Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican from Iowa, sent to the Attorney General of the United States, Mr. Merrick Garland, and the FBI Director, Christopher Wray. Uh, the letter was made public on Monday of this week. So what are the allegations? Well, Grassley disclosed that his office has received, quote, a significant number of legally protected communications from whistleblowers regarding these allegations. Uh, back to quoting again, the information provided to my office involves concerns about the FBI's receipt and use of derogatory information relating to Hunter Biden and the FBI's false portrayal of acquired evidence as disinformation. Grassley went on explaining, quote, the volume and consistency of these allegations substantiate their credibility and necessitate this letter. Okay. 
reasonable. What else is in the letter? Now, the first allegation uh, of allegedly corrupt behavior highlights an FBI intelligence assessment that was opened back in 2020. That assessment, according to Grassley, was, quote, used by an FBI headquarters team to improperly discredit negative Hunter Biden information as being disinformation. Based on allegations, verified and verifiably derogatory information on Hunter Biden was falsely labeled as disinformation. Accordingly, the allegations provided to my office, again, this is uh, Senator Grassley, uh, provided to my office, appear to indicate that there was a scheme in place among certain FBI officials to undermine derogatory information connecting to Hunter Biden by falsely suggesting it was disinformation. Man, are you as tired of hearing the word disinformation as I am? There's a reason why he keeps using it in this letter. Senator Grassley knows exactly what he's doing. He's discrediting the disinformation crowd. And at this point, I don't know how many of us still need that to be discredited. All we have to do is look at what the fact checkers are doing on social media. And uh, then pretty much anybody that uses the word disinformation, uh, you know, if you're banned from Twitter, we're talking about, oh, I don't know, perhaps gain-of-function research having been going on and financed by uh, certain parts of the federal government here. Uh, well, you know, that was instantly flagged. People got booted off Twitter for that, which, by the way, I'm currently still serving my uh, little slap on the wrist. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on a break. I'm in a timeout. Not that I care that much, but, you know, YouTube is going to be uh, very much eyeballing everything I do moving forward, so I don't expect that channel to be up for much longer, and by the way, if you are one of the folks that had been uh, following the show, if you're one of the subscribers to the show over on YouTube, well, first of all, what are you still doing there? Get on over to Rumble, or go find me on BitChute. I've got a presence on both, uh, whichever one you prefer. I would prefer you go to Rumble, because Rumble has monetized me. And, you know, it's an easy way for you guys to help support the show. Uh, you get to do something you're going to do anyway. And I get a little bit of advertising dollars. It's a win-win for everybody. You just have to, you know, listen to an ad or two. That's all. Anyway, we're back to the point. He's really pushing this concept hard because it needs to be pushed hard. Anyway, back to the letter. See, the second serious allegation centers on the FBI agents placing quote, their findings with respect to whether reporting was disinformation in a restricted access subfile reviewable only by the particular agents responsible for uncovering the specific information. Okay, so do you need a translation on that? I'm guessing most of you don't. But just in case, he's basically saying that it's a very serious allegation that these folks actually determined whether or not what was being pushed was or was not disinformation, as in they verified it as being true, but that verification got put in a secret file where nobody else could see it except for the agent that investigated it and verified it. Meaning that even the higher-ups technically weren't supposed to have access to that file. 
Now, Senator Grassley said, quote, this is problematic because it does not allow for proper oversight. <clears throat> Excuse me. It does not allow for proper oversight, and it opens the door to improper influence. Wow. You know, I hate the fact that we live in an America where somebody has to point that out. I know that that used to be pretty much universally understood. I know the majority of the people listening to this broadcast right now, they know a time when that was a given. They understood. Yeah, you don't want to be able to find out something is true and then be able to hide the fact that you verified it so that you can go around and say, well, you know, uh, we think it's just disinformation, uh, even though we actually know it's not. Problematic. I think, again, uh, Senator Grassley is deserving of some accolades for his level of detente on this one. He's being extremely, uh, perhaps even overly diplomatic. This is problematic. No kidding. Now, the third allegation claims a supervisory agent ordered closed an avenue of additional derogatory Hunter Biden reporting on the basis that it was vulnerable disinformation. Vulnerable? How do you define vulnerable? It's disinformation. Okay? How do you, what's the difference between uh, invulnerable disinformation and vulnerable. Uh, perhaps, perhaps the senator will explain that to us in this letter as well. Now, Grassley did continue writing, uh, quoting again from the letter, according to allegations, all of the reporting was either verified or verifiable via criminal search warrants. Despite the matter being closed in such a way that the investigative avenue might be opened later. It's alleged, now here we are actually being a journalist and using the verbiage of journalism. It's alleged that FBI officials, including the supervisory agent, subsequently attempted to improperly mark the matter in FBI systems so that it could not be opened in the future. So they were trying not only to memory hold this whole thing, they were trying to bury it deep. They were literally trying to put this gigantic file inside of a huge crate and post property of U.S. Army and hide it away back by the uh, freaking Ark of the Covenant and uh, the alien ship that uh, <laughs> was squirreled away at the end of Indiana Jones. Uh, you know, here we are, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You're going to have to call Harrison Ford out of retirement one last time, which, by the way, if you didn't know, he is making one more Indiana Jones movie. Uh, I guess this is uh, Raiders of the Nursing Home Refrigerator at this point. I don't know. but uh, And don't get me wrong. I love Harrison Ford. I do. And he's continued to get better. Uh, completely unrelated. Let's get back to the topic. I'm wandering off too easily. Just see that image in my mind here. They're, they're trying to hide this where nobody is ever going to find it. Knowing that all of their information is public information. I mean, in, if something they have in these files is actually worthy of being uh, classified, then even that, they only get to hide for so long. And if they're doing a legitimate investigation, that information has to stay where it can be opened back up. 
it should be easily accessible, at least to the agents of the FBI and anybody who's responsible for their oversight. Now, what did the FBI have to say about this? What did the DOJ have to say about it? Well, it may not surprise you to find out that both agencies, in fact, did confirm that they received the letter. But then they didn't offer any additional comment at all. So, yeah, yeah, we got Senator Grassley's letter. <laughs> uh, maybe somebody in the office might have actually read the letter. But, but yeah, we know we've got the letter. It's here. <laughs> no additional comment. I mean, what are you going to do? Remember, these are divisions that are propagated with folks that uh, work in and around the legal profession. Uh, most of them know by now that when you've done something wrong, rule number one is don't tell anybody and don't admit anything, right? I mean, that is that is rule number one, especially if you're guilty, if you want to have a chance of getting away with it. Senator Grassley, however, did make it clear that the allegations mean if they prove to be true. Uh, he, he laid it out exactly what's going to happen. He said, quote, if... These allegations are true and accurate. The Justice Department and FBI are and have been institutionally corrupted to their very core, to the point in which the United States Congress and the American people will have no confidence in the equal application of law. Now, I don't know if Senator Grassley is new to the party, <laughs> but there's not too many Americans that are feeling a great deal of confidence in these uh, agencies at the moment anyway, especially if you're conservative in any, uh, to any extent. If you're even just slightly uh, conservative on a few social issues, then you have been targeted uh, by a Democratic-led Justice Department in some fashion. Now, maybe you haven't faced any major consequences. Maybe you're not important enough to the political scene to feel the pain of such a target. That's one of those little niches that I actually fell into, because while I managed to make a lot of noise around the outside, uh, I've never been a huge show, so I've never been a threat until fairly recently. Of course, now uh, you, you see... Uh, and you're going to continue to see Twitter and uh, YouTube in particular. Uh, they're going to go really hard about any conservative trying to state anything uh, that has the least bit of negativity derived and directed at the Democratic Party as a whole and any member thereof as we go into the midterms, because they're going to do their part to try to make the shellacking that is upcoming in these midterms seem a little less painful. They're going to do it. And that's why I've got my current little slap on the wrist timeout from YouTube right now. I had the unmitigated gall to discuss the fact that, well, maybe, just maybe, some of the outcomes that we saw in the 2020 elections might have been a little bit less than 100% on the up and up. You know, I, that's that was the terrible sin. And I was talking about it with a couple of guests. Got a warning for one, and then a show that was already posted. By the time I got the warning letter for the first one, they then turned around and gave me a strike on the other one. And 
you know, finally I'm feeling like I've upped my game. Finally, I'm feeling like I'm important enough in this little media range to have attracted the attention of social media powerhouse YouTube. Because, you know, now they have to try and silence me too. I've always been below that radar. I've been saying some crazy stuff for a long time. Stuff that's been getting other people banned for life. And they're just okay with it. Now, I never, never bothered trying to monetize over in YouTube because I knew as soon as I did that, they'd catch on a lot quicker. I know there's zero tolerance for conservative viewpoints, or at least next to zero over there. But uh, it is a matter of convenience because it is a platform that's available, and there were some folks that were paying it. Not many, but there were a few over there. Anyway, let's stop right there. And we'll pick up the continuation after this brief break because we are just a smidge, just a smidge past the uh, the halfway point of the hour. So let's take a little, just a little break. And then on the other side, we will pick right back up. I know I said that already, but I'm feeling a little redundant today. So, uh, hey, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. If nations are to be judged by how they treat their children, then the United States could soon be in big, heap of trouble. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Once upon a time, children in America were seen as little innocent ones who needed proper guidance and were to be cherished because it was the right thing to do. Parents were at one time bound by their God-given duty and privilege to raise their children in the way that they should go so that they would not permanently depart from the goals to live a life of high morals, belief in God, and to be a positive contributor to society. Lurking in the shadows, however, were those of the leftist ideology which centered around personal, national, and global destruction. Today, some parents and numerous educators participate in grooming little children for living in a natural lifestyle of sexual confusion, hatred of themselves, hatred of God, country, and the family. Many young students in San Francisco are forced via adult negligence to walk through blocks of brutish and filthy homeless adults and their sidewalk excrement. Wake up, America. How you treat your children will dictate our nation's future. I'm Ron Edwards. Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. To find out where and when to find the Ron Edwards American Experience, go to theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. 
Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. Just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. Keep forgetting I'm president. All right, everybody. All right, come on. Let's finish uh, corralling up uh, Joe's dinosaurs. He's still got a few pet ones. Uh, oh, hey, you guys are back. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I really love the Walking the Dinosaurs song, so I'm clicking that, and I'm over here jamming. And uh, then I keep hearing the little uh, messages from... Uh, Joe, and I can't help myself. I just can't. It's it's too much fun. Uh, you know, some things that aren't fun, uh, being sick. Ooh, and, and we got scary stuff going on, guys. We we have new sub-variants of COVID that are getting everybody, even though still doesn't seem to be particularly dangerous, even with people with uh, some of the comorbidities. It's... An interesting phenomenon. Ooh, ooh, there's the monkeypox. Yeah, yeah, how's that for a scary virus? Uh, it still seems to be primarily only prevalent and a concern mostly for men who have sex with men. And that seems to be about it. But, you know, for political reasons, uh, the World Health Organization has declared it a national emergency, well, an international emergency. And, uh, you know, we have to try and pretend like it could be affecting more people. It's not currently. But, you know, you see, the, the secret there is that some of those men who have sex with men, well, some of them also have sex with women. And then that's when the monkeypox is going to become an issue, right? I, that's when it's going to get in larger groups because, you know, then all of a sudden, every... Anyway, here's the thing. You're going to want to try to make sure that uh, your immune system is as strong as possible, right? Now, everybody's got their little secrets that they love to do to keep their immune system. I know some people that practically OD on vitamin C. Uh, other people are taking herbal supplements. Uh, no matter what your general idea is, I'd like to make a recommendation, or at least a suggestion. You need to get your immune defense up, and if you're looking for immune defense that you can count on, you know those guys that make those candy bars and keep trying to tell us that they're just uber healthy? They say they're protein bars. I still don't believe them. Protein bars taste like cardboard. Built bars taste like candy bars. I, I, anyway, those guys, they also do built boost. 
Now, the Built Boost programs, they're these uh, packets. You add them to water so that instead of just taking your vitamins, you can drink them. And they'll taste really good. They got some great flavors like apricot pineapple and pomegranate green apple and lemon lime and new ones that just came out because now they have added from their original Boost line to Immune Plus. Those have even more of the healthier aspects. They try to tell you health is everything. Be ready for flu season. I have to agree with them. Be ready. Don't be afraid. Be prepared. And uh, there's a link that will take you directly to the Built Boost page that will be in today's show description. But if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, later, just come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. And uh, scroll down the recent guest portion of the homepage. You'll see a banner for Built Bar. Well, technically, it's Built Brands now. But anyway, you'll see a banner. Click on the banner. It'll take you to their homepage. And then from there, it's easy enough to slide over and check out their boost. Uh, so just, just go check it out. That's all I'm ever asking from you guys. Just just give it a little visit. See what they've got to offer. See for yourself if you're all right with it. And I'm asking you to use my links because that's how they know I sent you. That's it. They like to know who's sending them. So if you're going there based on my recommendation, use my link. I mean, it's the least you can do. I'm putting in all this hard work on my end. Come on, guys. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Let's get back to where we were talking about, because there are these allegations. See, see, I can pretend like I'm a journalist, too. I'm a commentator, not a journalist, but uh, I can pretend like I'm one. These allegations we were talking about, uh, evidently, there are these credible whistleblowers that are blowing the lid off the fact that the FBI and the Department of Justice have been colluding with one another to try and prevent information about Hunter Biden from getting to the public, trying to prevent information about Hunter Biden from being pursued as the criminal charge that they should be because they were criminal activities. The laptop is just one aspect of what we're talking about here. So we were talking about that and the fact that Senator Grassley, from he sent a letter because evidently his office has received multiple reports. And we were just talking about how um, how Senator Grassley was framing this last section, which is, of course, that, quoting once again, if these allegations are true and accurate, the Justice Department and the FBI have been, they are and have been, institutionally corrupted to their very core. Now, I remember once upon a time when such an allegation would be earth-shattering, where they would be so shocked that somebody would make such an allegation because they were so forthright in trying to do their jobs, because they know that that's the department that is supposed to be above politics, that it's supposed to be greater than uh, who won the last election, who might win the next election. 
it's literally the administration of actual justice, not some justice you have to throw an adjective in front of, not some leftist vision of what justice should look like, but actual justice. If you happen to be a young person that leans slightly to the left, and you're that's the only reason you've tolerated the show to this point, you need to understand that there's a really good chance that what you have been taught in recent years to consider justice just isn't that. Justice is supposed to be blind. It's not supposed to care what color you are, what religion you are, where your family came from, what church you attend, or if you choose not to attend. I mean, if you're not going to temple, if you're not going to a mosque, that's not supposed to matter. If you're at the mosque every call to prayer, that's not supposed to matter. The Department of Justice is supposed to be concerned about administering the law and doing so equally to all. The FBI has specific duties for which it's assigned, but it is essentially the operational arm of the Justice Department to go about the enforcement at a federal level of making sure that justice is blind. If you're somebody who's out here trying to make an argument that, well, these people were treated so badly for so long, well, you should let them have a few. No, you're never going to reach a level of equality if you don't equally apply the law. That should be all anybody ever asks for. It certainly should be all you should expect. You shouldn't be expecting special treatment because you're part of some protected group. You shouldn't be expecting that somebody owes you something just because your skin tone may be different than Caucasian. When you expect those things, then you're not really looking for justice. It's not, that's not justice. And the Department of Justice should be operating as if that's its only goal. Because technically, that's what the job description says. Now, Attorney General Garland and FBI Director Ray, simply put, based on the allegations, I'm back to quoting the letter, by the way, based on the allegations I've received from numerous whistleblowers, you have systemic and existential problems within your agencies. Again, I'm going to say the Senator Grassley is being immensely diplomatic here. If you're not prepared to acknowledge the fact that Attorney General Garland is a political hack from the onset, the only reason he was appointed to the position, then you're not being honest. And there's a difference between trying to engage in civility and in just providing some level of false equivalence to respect. Now, Director Ray, there... There is a long tradition of Ray being well-respected before his current time in the office. And at the moment, he certainly seems to be more concerned about protecting the FBI from its wrongdoings under his predecessor 
than in actually weeding out the trouble, weeding out the problems, fixing the problems, and returning the FBI to the institution that can be trusted. But I suppose if you're a U.S. senator trying to make this point, then it's difficult to be too harsh and still expect that uh, you're going to get anywhere. So I get it, I suppose, but man, I just so hard to imagine that this is what we're seeing. And this is going to be the closest thing to accountability that these guys are probably going to face. Right now, I, I do not see Senator Grassley getting enough support from the Democrat side of the aisle for anything to actually engage in the oversight that needs to occur here. There should be full-blown independent counsel investigating into exactly what's happened. If he literally has numerous whistleblowers, which is what he says in this letter multiple times, in fact, one might even say numerous times, then you have every right to expect, you, I'm talking to you as the American public, you have every right to expect that this has gotten to the bottom of. Most of us have felt with every fiber of our being, now I'm talking about conservatives in this country, that something was rotten in Denmark, or in this case, the FBI and the Department of Justice. We've known something's wrong. We've known it for a while. What we need is that level of accountability. There needs to be a return to accountability for our federal government. We are seeing bits and pieces and little glimmers of hope because this current Supreme Court slate of justices, they seem to be intent on returning the Constitution to being the front and center of how the federal government is restrained and how it's allowed to operate. That's a good thing. We needed that decades ago. That's why the left is so angry about it, because again, that constitution, you know, the, the one, that constitution is the most well-written document in the history of the world, because it literally lays out how our constitutionally federated republic should operate, how the power should be divided so that no one person can acquire more authority. How it's supposed to be a check on each other. Each branch does their specific job, but then they also check the others. Again, oversight and accountability. They laid this out in a fashion that allows the people to choose who represents them in the House of Representatives. Which, when the government was functioning properly had the most power of any branch, literally controlled the purse strings. They intended for the Senate to be the body that served the rights and interest of the states. That's why there's an equal number of senators from each state. It was never meant to be decided by popular vote within the state because they're not supposed to be representing the people. They're supposed to be representing the state, which is a different scenario and a concept that might be difficult to 
understand for some, but the point of the matter is that each state has its interests based on what the majority of people living in it is, as opposed to more representatives because more voices because you're divided up into uh, smaller districts so that you get a truer sampling of the people. Each individual has a louder voice in the house. So it's supposed to represent the true interest of the individual sovereign citizen of this country. There are some subtle distinctions, and it's important that we understand them, because we should return to that too. We really should. States' rights are important. It is a basic founding principle of our republic. It is good for those on the left who seem to still think that uh, their democracy is in danger every time uh, Donald Trump puts a post on true social. It's important for them to understand, too, that if they really want to prevent majority from running over the minority, that's what this setup was designed to do. You want to do away with uh, the Electoral College. It's there to protect the minority, to keep the majority from just running right over it. And so was the division of the two houses. It was designed to be slow and grinding. It was designed to keep knee-jerk reactions from occurring. It was designed to minimize its ability to do jack because the fundamental understanding at the time was that the more power you give this federal government, the more power it's going to take. It's not going to be satisfied with what it's allowed. It's going to start doing more. And the more we let them get away with it, the more they're going to keep doing it to the point that now we live in a time where there are so many folks that just think it's the normal thing for the federal government to have their tendrils into everything. But they don't understand that there's a better way. They don't understand that historically, that's not always been the case. In fact, this nation worked so much better when the states had more of a say on the daily lives within the borders of that state, because that's closer to the people who live there. The smaller the district that you're talking about for each election, the having more and more actual daily effect on your life, the happier you're going to be because your individual voice is going to count for a lot more the more local the election is. Your voice counts for a lot more in your state elections than it does in the U.S. level elections. Well, Tom, how could that be true? Oh, come on. I don't have to explain that. Most of the listeners already know, and I'm just reiterating something they've got. But in case you're new to the concept, in case you're somebody new that's just listening to the show from out of nowhere, maybe you're just driving through Utah and you caught uh, Utah's Talk Authority uh, on your uh, on your band as you're driving through and said, okay, well, I'll, I'll listen to this. The idea is that there are fewer people voting in your state than there are voting in the national federal election. All right? Now, that's why... If you're voting for county commissioner, 
your vote counts for even more than at the state level. And so on, and so on, and so on. If you're from some rural, small town, then your voice counts for a lot, especially if you happen to be in a district or a location where there's not a lot of voter <laughs> engagement. So the point of the matter is you're going to be happier. The more power that's left to your local communities and the less that's granted to the federal government, which is a power it was never meant to have in the first place, that's why we need to make that return. And we don't get to that without accountability for the elected officials and for the bureaucrats. The swamp, as it has become called, it's the bureaucratic state. And the bureaucratic state needs to be accountable, too. They need to be answerable, and they need to be just fired for no apparent reason ever so often. Really, I just, uh, okay, it's been three months. Yeah, oh, you guys were doing great, but somebody else's turn. To prevent the embedding of people like, I don't know, Dr. Anthony Fauci, most well-paid government uh, official we have. He finally announced his retirement, but he's out there saying that the COVID restrictions should have been stronger. Wow. And he wants you to start masking up again, by the way. All right, that's going to have to be it for the first hour. So we will reset. If you're listening to the podcast, don't go anywhere. Hour number two starts right after this. However, if I am saying goodbye to you on terrestrial radio right now, be sure to tune in again tomorrow to hear hour number two. And, uh, you know, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, Use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And uh, yeah, by the way, uh, Joe, this is Tim Tapp.
so much more from so much less. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. I got no thrill on Capitol Hill. They listened until their faces turned blue. is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border And politicians build a new world order Many minds are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn you went. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn you wet. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and so very glad that you are along for the ride. And what a crazy ride it has been. All right, for those of you that are listening to Terrestrial Radio, by now you probably know the drill, but I will just make sure that you're aware, uh, you know, just in case some big news things happened and we really need to talk about it and you're not hearing me talk about it. 
See, the time of the live broadcast happened to be July 26th, 2022. And, uh, you know, that means that we did this on a Tuesday. And you're probably hearing this on a Thursday. So, you know, a little time's gone by. But <clears throat> these are some topics that I'm quite certain, no matter how much you may have heard about them, you haven't heard enough. We'll start with the fact that, as of today... This was making the rounds. There's a lot of pushback even from the left about the Biden administration currently trying to redefine what is a recession. Now, remember, generally speaking, a recession has always been defined as two consecutive quarters of negative growth. And we're about to find out, in fact, that since I mentioned it being Thursday that most of you on terrestrial radio are probably hearing this. We're supposed to find out on Thursday the announcement of whether or not we had contraction in the economy once again. Therefore, we will get official confirmation if we actually are already in a recession or not. But it's very clever what they're doing. You see, they're trying to redefine and they're trying to use the excuse that there are, in fact, multiple <laughs> factors that go well beyond just negative growth that determine whether or not we're in a recession, uh, like that vaunted unemployment rate that they keep uh, pointing out. And so it takes people like me and Ron Edwards and uh, Ann Ubellis and Don Smith and, you know, all of the big boys on the big networks. It takes people like us to keep reminding you, if you're willing to listen, that uh, that unemployment level is a very strange number at the moment. See, it's artificially low right now because there are still a lot of people that just simply aren't in the workforce that are not looking, and that doesn't count as unemployment. Uh, we're going to start seeing an increase in unemployment if they don't get inflation under control soon and get energy uh, policy back in track because it's only a matter of time now before certain businesses have to start acting defensively in order to protect its current cash flow meaning they're not going to be able to afford to continue to pay what they have been paying uh, to their uh, employees. They're just, the money's not going to be there. But the fun part here is we saw a lot of folks really pushing back even against the narrative of them redefining it. Not even a CNN panel was buying what the Biden administration was trying to sell on the possibility of recession. Now, I personally, I think we're already there. I think all the signs are clear. I don't think that using words like possibility is, well, it's appropriate. I, I don't think it's uh, inappropriate. And that's what they said. There's not even a possibility. Joe Biden literally just said, we're not in a recession. Really? Right, Joe? We're just, we're just imagining all this out here. We're just imagining that you canceled the Keystone XL pipeline and all of a sudden gas prices started spiking then. Very little to do with the Putin price hike and everything to do with a litany of bad, bad policies that you started right out the gate and continue to double, triple, quadruple down on, ignoring that it has the effect. Or when you do acknowledge that it is at least playing a factor in the bad price game that we're facing, uh, you just keep referring to it as, uh, 
temporary transient pain in order to get to that next level that's going to be so much better. So much better? Better than what, guys? I mean, realistically, Joe, I don't know if you've paid much attention to the people that are uh, pointing you in the direction and leaving you your little notes and putting your slippers on and giving your pudding right before you take nap time after Matlock, but a lot of those guys firmly believe that humanity's existence on the planet is the problem. They want quality of life to go down for everybody but themselves. And because they're good little socialists, they believe that they're going to be part of the bourgeois class when the benevolent overlords of their socialist utopia finally take charge. But that's not good for America, and it's not good for Americans, and most Americans are not going to willingly put up with the crap. You better hope that it's just the revolution at the ballot box at this point, because if you guys continue blindly doing what you're currently doing, it could get a lot worse. A slaughtering on election night, a bloodbath, as I've been referred to in the past, would be the easy way out, and would be the preferred method for me, because I don't want it to come to that. I know somebody's going to hear, oh, did you hear what Tim said? He's calling for... No, I'm not calling for it. I'm warning you lefty dunderheads out here that if you continue following this path you're on, that's probably what you're going to get. If you don't want it, maybe you need to take a serious look and reevaluate your socialist utopia. Revalue it. Move to Canada. Right now, they're under Tyrant Trudeau's utopian view. You'll fit right in, and all you conservative Canadians listening, you can come down and take their place. Whoever goes up there, you can come down. You're welcome here, as far as I'm concerned. And you're especially welcome in the bluer areas, because we need more people to start voting red there. I mean, guys, seriously, if... The technology was ready. It couldn't be stopped. That's the whole point of the carbon-based fuel model. It's cheap, reliable, and abundant. Of course, it's cheap because it is so abundant. That's the key to maintaining a strong economy for anybody. Abundant and relatively inexpensive energy. That allows you to do a lot more things and let your money go further, and therefore invest in more uh, research, and invest in more innovation, and do all these really fantastic things that might eventually lead to the breakthroughs that might allow for solar to become the next big thing. Don't really think we're going to get there with wind or geothermal. Now, there's going to be places where maybe you make a breakthrough, and you can power area near specific geothermal phenomenon. But don't think it's ever going to get to the point where that could be a massive power source for uh, people a long distance from uh, localized geothermal events. But whether you're looking at that or not, it, it also comes down to the fact that if suddenly one of these greener energies becomes the heavily abundant and becomes more affordable, becomes a cheaper source, then there's not going to be any stopping it. You don't have to try and stop the combustion engine to force people into embracing the new technology. Just go develop the technology. Take the steps to improve the quality of life so people 
can have more money in their pockets and can buy new things and, and continue to purchase items in a way that strengthens the economy and does not add to inflation. You'd be surprised how far it gets, but there's a reason why even the folks on the left, like this panel at CNN, is calling them out because recession has been defined as these two consecutive quarters of negative growth for a while. It's easy to understand. And to try and tweak the edges and say, well, that's not the technical definition. Well, it's just more bunk because they're trying to avoid that albatross being hung around their neck going into the midterms. But the folks at CNN, they're part of the crew. They're part of the Democrats that are ready to flush the Biden administration and try to move on to the next big thing. They still haven't quite decided yet which direction they want to go. Gavin Newsom seems to be one of their favorites. There's a few other folks that are getting some names out there, but it's just nuts. I mean, we're literally talking about beginning last week, the Biden administration repeatedly claimed that the definition of recession is just not actually the definition of recession. On Monday of this week, Fox News correspondent Peter Ducey asked Joe Biden point blank how worried Americans should be over the possibility of a recession. Biden's response, he just jettisoned uh, objectivity altogether. He just said, quote, we're not going to be in a recession, in my view. Okay, so basically he's acknowledging, in my view, no matter what they say, it's just not going to be. I mean, that's literally somewhere between acknowledging that you're delusional or that you think everybody else that's going to look at the objective reality and come to a different conclusion, they must be delusional. Anyway, over on CNN's show The Lead, a panel of commentators knocked the Biden administration for doing the preemptive damage control ahead of potential negative economic report that's, again, coming this coming Thursday. Quoting here from Casey Hunt, uh, primary host, the Biden administration is trying to point out the definition of a recession is nuanced. But I got to tell you, I struggle with this. I get why they want to do it from a political perspective, but you can't fake this. Bam! You can't fake it. Uh, this may be some of the most common sense stuff that I've seen uh, over on CNN well, in quite a long time. Maybe the new ownership over there is actually helping just a little bit. I, I, I would love to be able to start counting CNN as a reliable, incredible source of news information again. That would be fantastic. Uh, a long time ago, I believed them to be and found out I was wrong. I would love for that to become true. One of CNN's editors at large, Chris uh, Kazella, Kazina? I'm probably butchering Chris's last name. Sorry, Chris. He mocked the Biden. Uh, he mocked exactly what Biden said to Ducey. He said, quote, I was laughing to myself uh, with the in my view thing. Uh, like, in my view, I should be drafted to the NBA. <laughs> you know, there was a time in my life where I thought I should be, too. I was horribly wrong. And <laughs> but in my view, I, I didn't think I was at the time. It really doesn't 
I'm sorry, it doesn't, I'm supposed to be quoting, so now I'm correcting. It doesn't really matter what you think. This is Chris continuing. There is a technical definition, two straight quarters of negative economic growth. They clearly believe that it is likely to come to pass later this week. They're trying to pre-butt it. And, you know, instead of rebut, they're trying to pre-butt it. Chris agreed that with everyone understands why the Biden administration would want to change the definition, but then condemned them for doing so. Now, here's where I really digging the fact that they did this. They're calling this out because it is the left that is the party of changing definitions. Control the language to win the argument. When we can't win the argument on its own merits, we have to control the language so we can use words that test better in group test settings. The focus group said, this is a good word to use, so we want to use this word. Well, that's not what that word means. Well, we're going to change what it means. And we're going to make people accept it because if we continue to use it and continue to use it, then the folks that don't want to make the change will start using it sarcastically. And then as they're using it sarcastically, that too will wire in their brain that that's the words to use. And before long, everybody comes to that. Now, that's not true. Not everybody comes around to it. But that is kind of the model, and it does tend to work for the majority of people. That's why you now have a plethora of victims of the public school system now going around talking about their democracy, their democracy, our democracy. And as soon as somebody says, the United States of America is not a democracy, they're all losing their stuff because they think, how wrong could this guy be? How could you be considered uh, a leader or a thought guy or to be even educated? Clearly, we have a democracy and we must protect it. It's not a democracy, guys. You know how I know that's the reaction? Because when I was in elementary school, that was the first time I heard a conservative come out and plainly state, we don't have a democracy. He was stating a fact, and it was cold and, and just calculating and, you know, vicious, brutal, because it was a fact. That's what the left feels about facts. They, they get in the way of their really good stories. I remember my reaction when I heard him say that. I say, this guy's crazy. He just said we don't have a democracy. Because to that point, that's the only way I had ever heard our government be described. Now, I was in junior high when I heard this. I had been in school for several years, and this was a while back. And we know it's only gotten worse in the time since I've been there. Now, they don't even teach you that uh, being a natural-born citizen is a requirement to be president of the United States. Uh, it, it's in there. It's in the Constitution. It's still a requirement. But they would love for you to forget the fact that there's an age requirement. Because they would have loved to have been able to have run AOC last go around. Hey, the Instagram star can do it. Let's let's get her up there before people realize how unimpressive her intellect actually is. I do love, by the way, the fact that AOC is being called out by other progressive Democrats for not spending enough time in her home district. 
a lady who shares office space in the same building and in the same floor was uh, basically saying, if you spent time in the district with the people that you're supposed to be uh, serving, maybe, just maybe, you might have a better idea of what's going on in your office when your staffers are giving them the, the runaround. <laughs> it's always fun to watch the left eat uh, their own, but that's actually with some stuff uh, with some substance, and so I tend to like that even more. But you know, again, with what we're seeing coming from the Fed now, they're they're definitely going to be uh, raising rates again. And but what they're talking about doing is uh, another raise rate, and then uh, after it has that uh, depressionary effect, well, a recessionary. They they want to stop it before it becomes a depression. Recession, it's going to be bad enough. So they're already talking about bumping it back uh, down so that they can bounce back from that recessionary effect that's going to be mandated by the rate increase. So that just shows you right there that the Fed has way too much power over our economy. If they literally can have that kind of effect just by doing that little bit, then they have way too much power. That's not how our economy was designed to operate. And the fact that our government becomes beholden to an agency that many people mistakenly think is part of the government, but it's not. It's just a group of some of the biggest banks in the in the world. Uh, no, 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 no. They, they shouldn't have that power. And another reason why they shouldn't have that power Next two stories has a lot to do with China uh, being involved. And this one, we're going to start at the top with how the Chinese government uh, has too much influence over the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve, too much influence over our economy. The Chinese government, too much influence over the Reserve. So uh, here's, here's the article. The Chinese government carried out a decade-long information theft campaign against the Federal Reserve. That's according to a report that was released today, time is live broadcast, 7-26-2022, today, Tuesday, from Republican members of the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs. Now, a lot of Democrats just tuned out. Oh, it's just the Republicans saying it. That means it can't possibly be true. Why should I listen? Maybe, maybe you should listen with an open mind just to see if they're telling you the truth. Okay. If that's where you're falling. The Federal Reserve charged with executing a dual mandate of maximum employment and stable prices is presently determining policy to navigate the U.S. economy through the highest inflation rates in four decades. Way to go, Joe. Let's go, Brandon. The report found that China, which holds nearly one trillion dollars in treasury securities, just FYI. China has used talent plan recruitment and promises of academic positions in an effort to gain influence and glean information from the central bank. From the report, quoting, the Chinese government makes no secret of wanting to be the world superpower. No sector or institution is off limits. And China has shown that it will use any means necessary to achieve its goals. China has been conducting its campaign against the Federal Reserve since at least 2013. Again, according to this report, with investigators identifying 13 
persons of interest at eight of the 12 regional Federal Reserve banks as of 2050. This is based on their international travel patterns and other factors. The report details five more recent case studies of China seeking sensitive information from American economists, with four of the mentioned individuals retaining their employment at the central bank. That, according to a committee aide, talking to, yeah, surprise, surprise, CNN. They're covering this story. An official who had previously held positions at the People's Bank of China and maintained other links to the Chinese monetary system was forcibly detained on four occasions during 2019, a trip to uh, Shanghai, with Chinese officials allegedly tapping his phone and computers while threatening his family. The Chinese officials claimed that they uh, claimed that the individual in question had committed crimes against China and needed to share sensitive, non-public economic data with the nation's government. Now, according to the report, the Federal Reserve is, quote, not aware of other instances of Chinese officials forcibly detained, detaining its employees. Another individual likewise maintains close contact with Chinese nationals, including government officials, and provided modeling codes to advanced research at uh, Peking University's National School of Development. The official also has ties to academic organizations affiliated with the Thousand Talents Program, a uh, Chinese initiative that draws Western scientists to China, you know, in order to access their work for economic and uh, military advancements. Nobody saw that coming, did they? A third individual, a senior economist at the Federal Reserve Bank, was observed assisting Chinese government news agencies with publications. Two other individuals are likely linked to the Thousand Talents program. The report also noted that the Federal Reserve, quote, has been unable to counter China's malign influence and uh, collection campaign effectively. It revealed that officials with known ties to talent recruitment programs retain access to confidential information, meaning that the central bank ought to improve relationships with members of the intelligence community and federal law enforcement. They really should now. And currently, based on things we've already talked about, under the current administration, probably wouldn't change anything. Probably actually would make things worse because there's a reason why I often refer to barely there Joe as as uh, Beijing Biden. The report recommended passing the Safeguarding America Innovation Act. It's a bill that's sponsored by Senator Rob Portman, Republican from Ohio and aimed at stopping foreign governments, particularly China, from stealing American taxpayer-funded research and intellectual property by introducing fines and prison sentences for those who intentionally fall, um, <clears throat> fail to disclose foreign support 
on federal grant applications. Quoting here from Portman last year, We cannot continue to allow our adversaries to steal taxpayer-funded research and innovation to the detriment of hard-working Americans. That's a good soundbite. And it's a true statement. We really can't and shouldn't allow that to continue. But... Welcome to America in 2022. And speaking of which, it's that time. Let's take the mid-hour break, shall we? Do you guys need to stay right where you are? Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. My name's Joe Biden. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. Joe Brandon, I agree. Yeah. I mean, he has made clear that, uh, 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 I'm thanking you. No, no. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I keep forgetting I'm president. The woke retarded mentality has now invaded Great Britain's Northern School of Contemporary Dance. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. While growing up in Cleveland, one of the highlights of the Christmas season was the annual trek to the Lowe's Theater, one of several giant theater palaces of Playhouse Square to enjoy the Nutcracker Ballet. Not once was I ever offended because of the origins of ballet, but apparently the leftist decision makers at Northern School of Contemporary Dance in Great Britain has deemed ballet as potentially contentious and has dropped it from the school's audition process. Francisca McCarthy, the school's head of undergraduate studies, stated, and I quote, because mostly white Europeans have access to ballet and others do not. That's not right and offensive because it is a very specific form of dance built around particular white people. She also asserted that there are issues related to body, money language, and movement vocabulary. So should Caramel House, America's oldest black American theater located in Cleveland, stop auditions for modern dance or African-oriented dance forms so as not to be contentious to white students who do try to attend there? If left unchecked, I'm afraid that the leftists will wipe out the classical arts. I'm Ron Edwards. Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine... It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. With the Ukrainian people, Ukrainian people have a lot of backbone. They have a lot of guts, and I'm sure you're observing it. And I don't mean just the military, which is we've been trained in since back when they uh, Russia moved into... Uh, in, in the southeast, southeast um, Ukraine, but also the average citizen. Look at how they're stepping up. Look at how they're stepping up. And you're going to see when you're there, some of you have been there.
And we know... None of the three occurred. Weapons. Could, if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would, re it would trigger a response in kind. And we know... None of the three occurred. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. And we know... None of the three occurred. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. In the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, this is Tom Caldwell, innocent January 6th defendant, and proud Navy veteran. You're listening to the Voice of Reasons. I'm just an average man with an average life. Hey, hell, I pay the price. All I want is to be left alone in my average home. But why do I always feel like I'm in the twilight zone? And I always feel like somebody's watching me. Yes, indeed. I do feel like someone is always watching me. I have ever since the days of the, you know, Obama administration. I know that I was on multiple watch lists because I had the unmitigated gall to say, uh, that guy's kind of suspicious. <laughs> now, some of you are going to say that I'm just being paranoid. Some of you are going to say, maybe we know why you're paranoid, because what I'm about to mention to you is a request. A request that you follow a link to DiamondCBD.com, specifically to a page to Med's Biotech brand. Now, why would I ask you to do that? You may say, CBD, uh, isn't that marijuana, Tim? No. No, it is not THC. In fact, it's THC-free. That's the whole point of CBD. Although, some of the things that you can also get at the Diamond website, they've got multiple brands available, and they also offer up such things as Delta 8 and Delta 10 products. They've got all kinds of edibles and oils and... Uh, creams, and all kinds of stuff. But I'm specifically pointing you at Med's Biotech brand today. You see, Med's Biotech brand, it's a premium pharmacist-formulated CBD products that bring you high-quality wellness that you can add to your daily routine. With Med's Biotech CBD oils, soft gel capsules, bath and body, and more, you can experience the actual benefit of pharmacist-formulated CBD to help promote your body's natural wellness responses. It's all-natural, hemp-derived CBD. 
to help you be the best self. And because Meds Biotech CBD is pharmacist formulated, your best self is now backed by research. Take it from the experts. Take Meds Biotech pharmacist formulated CBD for wellness. Uh, at this point in a Biden economy and uh, all this other stuff going on, certainly couldn't hurt. That was the worst that's going to happen. Um, I, I mean, I've used some CBD products, uh, some uh, topical uh, creams, and they work pretty well. Uh, tried the oil uh, for internal consumption, too, when the other was working. It didn't seem to have quite the same effect. Uh, I was using it for some pain relief from an injury that I was suffering at the time. Uh, and... This particular brand, I'm uh, putting you directly to their page over at the Diamond. It's it's pretty good stuff. It really is. As far as health benefits and pain relief, if you haven't tried it, this would probably be a good place to start. Uh, just, just to see if it works for you, if nothing else. All right, for the final story of the day, we're going to stay on the topic of the Chinese Communist government and their infiltration uh, uh, stuff here in the U.S., CNN, once again, I mean CNN for the win. Uh, they got the trifecta here. Uh, an explosive report that was published over on CNN outlined how the Chinese communist government has infiltrated U.S. infrastructure in a way that could potentially jeopardize national security and disrupt U.S. military operations. If that doesn't scare you, boys and girls, then you haven't been paying attention. China is not our friend. Well, okay, the Chinese people, they don't have a, a dog in the fight. The Communist Chinese Party, they are a declared, they have declared, they're a declared enemy of the United States. They're a declared enemy of other freedom-loving Western nations. They make it quite clear. They intend to rule the world at one point, and they intend on treating everybody that's not a true Chinese nationalist and loyal Communist Party member the same way that they currently treat the Uyghurs. If you're new to the show, new to politics, and don't know, the Uyghurs are a Muslim sect of Chinese citizens that they have moved into concentration-slash-work camps. They're controlling their population, and they're not letting them, you know, walk around and and be free. It's kind of their thing in China. At any point, this particular report from CNN, uh, it highlights a story from the early days of the Trump administration when China wanted to build a $100 million garden, complete with a 70-foot-tall pagoda. They wanted to do this at Washington, D.C.'s uh, National Arboretum. However, as it has been since discovered, U.S. counterintelligence officials noticed that the proposed pagoda would have been a perfect spot to collect signals because it would have been high up and only a few miles from the Capitol. Sources said that according uh, to CNN that this would have been something that they would have been very suspicious of. Now, additionally, China wanted to ship the building materials for the pagoda 
in diplomatic pouches. That would have prevented U.S. Customs from examining them, meaning they could have been sneaking in all types of radio devices and code-breaking devices and you know all kinds of little bits of electronic goodies that would have allowed them to be, well, spying. <laughs> you know, I know, it's very shocking. Now, the U.S. federal government killed the project before it ever got started. Uh, I think you can thank Trump for that. CNN's report highlighted far more serious concerns about what China's been doing in America's heartland. Selling Chinese-made hallway telecommunications equipment at low prices uh, to providers in rural America near U.S. military bases. Now, they don't have an interest if you're a long way off from a military base, but at below market prices if you were near a military base. I wonder what that motivating factor would be. Certainly not to help poor rural Americans, I promise you that. Now, the FBI, the FBI, you know, the same folks we were talking about just a little while ago, how corrupt they are. Well, they found that the equipment being sold in those areas was, quote, capable of capturing and disrupting communications related to the nation's nuclear arsenal. Uh, sources familiar with the matter reportedly uh, told that to CNN. Quoting from the report here, this gets into some of the most sensitive things we do. This is according to a source, uh, an unnamed source, so, you know, take it for what that's worth. I tend to believe this in this case, though. Back to quoting this anonymous source. Uh, okay, I lost my place. It would impact our ability for essential command and control with the nuclear triad. That goes into the big effing deal category. Only uh, they use the full wordage. Now, granted, in the report, they changed it, but the quote, <laughs> the big effing deal. If it is possible for that to be disrupted, then that's very bad day. If China decides they're going to launch nuclear attack and they can disrupt our ability to counter that attack, then they've got no reason to hold back. I mean, if we're not going to be able to launch that deterrent factor, then it's not a deterrent anymore. Could get very nasty. Now, in the fall of 2019, the Federal Communication Commission effectively banned companies from using Huawei equipment. The following year, Congress approved $1.9 billion to remove Chinese-made equipment from across the U.S., but two years later, the equipment has not been removed, again, according to CNN. Why is the equipment still there, guys? There's a reason why they wanted it moved. There's a reason why they wanted it taken down and scrapped or sent back to China or whatever it is you want to do with it. Now, a lot of these places wanted to keep the equipment because oh, they don't see how it could be a threat. Maybe we need to be a little more vocal about exactly how it can be. 
Anyway, the report said that China's plan to infiltrate U.S. infrastructure began during President Barack Obama's administration when the FBI uncovered China was exploiting the lack of resources in rural communities along Interstate 25 in Colorado and Montana by selling those communities cheap equipment. In fact, the equipment was so cheap that it appeared to be unprofitable for Huawei. CNN noted that the area China was targeting contained numerous missile silos and military bases. Shocker! The investigation also revealed that China had access to high-definition weather surveillance cameras on a cell tower up and down ISIS 25 which could allow the Chinese to monitor activity on the roads between several military facilities. Again, that's according to CNN. Top U.S. officials told CNN that it was possible for China to control the cameras and position them in the direction that they wanted them to look. Federal officials shut down a Chinese attempt to buy real estate in Utah that was located near testing stations that involved hypersonic weapons. Another example of a problematic Chinese purchase recently happened in North Dakota where Chinese food manufacturer, uh, the Furzin Group, and I'm probably butchering that, but uh, they're Chinese, so in this case, I don't care. Uh, they bought hundreds of acres of land to set up a milling plant that is only minutes away from the Grand Forks Air Force Base. CNBC reported on that. Both top Democrat and Republican lawmakers are opposed to the deal. Well, whoop-de-doo, thank goodness somebody's got some sense. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida? He called out what China's doing during a recent Fox News interview, saying that it was a problem, problem, and that it should not be allowed to continue. Quoting here from DeSantis, Now what we have done in Florida, I've signed legislation to crack down on undue influence from rogue states, including the CCP. So, for example, we banned Confucius institutions in the state of Florida. They try to go in higher education and they try to spread the propaganda. So we've taken good steps and we're also probably going to do legislation next legislative session about our pension investments with things that may be linked to the CCP. We don't have necessarily have a lot of it, but we want to make sure that we're cutting ties so that we're not funding our number one adversary. Thank goodness for some common sense, guys. That's part of why I like Ron DeSantis so much. But do you see how this is tying together? China, China has been making these moves quietly for a very long time, and they're pushing their influence through Africa, they're pushing their influence through South America. They're becoming the go-to helper of the world. And they're doing all this humanitarian assistance. But it all comes with strings. Those strings, uh, they're the obvious ones where they expect you to handle whatever financial stuff you need done 
through trade with China, or approved Chinese trading partners. And they expect you to use their equipment. And their equipment is designed to spy on you. Even TikTok is a spy device. You download the TikTok app onto your phone, and then the next thing you know, maybe you don't think it's a big deal. Maybe you don't understand what a big deal it is. Maybe you don't realize, if you live somewhere close to where I do, if you live uh, around the Oak Ridge area, for example, well, you know, that's the secret city, guys. And while, as far as we know, there may be more stuff going on in Los Alamos these days, there's still a lot of information to be gleaned, and if they can take control of your phone's camera when you're driving through certain locations, if they can monitor where you're at, maybe they get a view of some uh, intel in regards to the plants over here that they wouldn't get otherwise. I mean, you really randomly do not know how much information you might be just ignoring every day because it's hidden in plain sight, but a trained intelligence officer in China is going to be able to look directly at it and know exactly what it is they're seeing. So, TikTok, you need to get that off your phones, particularly get it off your kids' phones or your grandkids' phones. Just, no. Don't let these kids on TikTok. I mean, any social media is bad enough, but TikTok's the worst. First of all, it's got the most horrific influence on children, but beyond that, it's still a spy device. They're taking control of weather cameras to spy on military bases. They're taking control of cellular capabilities to intercept and disrupt transmissions. And, and in particular, our nuclear response capability. Do you know what that means? I mean, if you're somebody that doesn't pay attention to this stuff on the regular, if you're not a normal listener to the show, and you're just, you're thinking, well, gee, that sounds strange. Maybe that's bad. No, it's horrible. That should scare the living daylights out of you if you understand to any degree whatsoever that the Chinese Communist Party is a threat to you and your existence. And in case you missed the point, they are a big one. Huge. I know the majority of the listeners of the show, especially long-time listeners, I don't have to tell you that. You know it. I, I'm just, I see the story, and first of all, I'm loving the fact that CNN's reporting it, because that means some of the lefties are getting to see this, and they're seeing for the first time that, hey, maybe they really are up to something. Hey, maybe those... Uh, Wackadoodles on the right weren't wrong about this. Now, we can never admit that. We'll have to pretend like we came to this revelation on our own. I don't care. Don't give me any credit for being one of those voices uh, screaming into the wilderness. Just see it for yourself, recognize it, and start to understand we have more common ground than you want to acknowledge. And one of those points of common ground that we have is our need to protect ourselves from our adversaries. And China, they're the biggest. Everything they've got right now, everything of value, everything of merit, they've stolen from us. They're still trying to steal more intellectual property. Our technological advances, they didn't develop them on their own. They stole them from us. 
and they continue to use our technology to work against us, and they continue to use our ignorance or our inability to even pay attention against us as well. We have got to get to a point where we recognize this for what it is. And this is something we need to reach across the political aisle. We need to reach across that political divide and say, hey, guys, you see this too? These guys are legit our enemy. We've gotten used in our political discussions to use hyperbole, to refer to the political leftists in this country, even people that are right at center or slightly left of center as being the enemy. We've got to fight the enemy and win the culture war. We've got to win the, the policy battles. We have to win the elections. We've gotten used to using that terminology to a point that politics has been distilled down away from uh, people who are selected to go do the work of the, of the people to being this uh, team blue against team red. And, and it doesn't even matter uh, who's on the team or what principles the team are representing. We've got to get past that and get back on track to realizing that if we want America to, to matter, if we want a nation that we can be proud of, whether you're currently proud of it or not, again, that's for the benefit of you lefties out there, if you want an America that you can be proud of, we're going to have to work together and at least protect and maintain the country rather than let it fall into total collapse. Now, if you're a little bit further than slightly left of center, obviously I'm wasting my breath on you. Don't even know why you'd be listening to the show this long because we're coming up close to the end of the second hour. But regardless of why you're listening, maybe you're one of the folks paid by Media Matters. Maybe now that I've been banned on YouTube, uh, maybe I've moved up enough to get their attention to. Going to take snippets of the program and take me out of context. Good for you. I mean, if that's your side hustle, I have more power to you. In the Biden economy, we all need a side hustle, right? We've got to get there, though. And clearly, here here's the deal. The Fed has too much influence on our economy. The CCP has too much influence on the Fed. The CCP has too much influence in how things are operating within our country. Those are just two basic statements. It doesn't matter that the FBI has figured this out. We need to realize that it's for real. It's as real as the Hunter Biden laptop is. It's as real as the fact that the FBI and the Department of Justice have tried to collude to hide the Hunter Biden information that attaches to the laptop and the other things, because it all eventually attaches to Joe Biden himself. They couldn't admit that going into the 2020 elections, and now a lot of folks on the left, which is why you're seeing CNN a little more willing to report these things, they're willing to jettison Biden. They're ready to get there. They want to blame Biden for everything so that they can try and convince you, those out there who might not be bright enough to see that these are the policies they wanted to push regardless of who won, that it's the policies that are the problem. Joe Biden is not the problem. He's just the guy covering the problem up because he's the face for what it's worth. That's it. Plain and simple. All right, guys, that's uh, that's what I got today. 
I hope that was good enough for everybody. Be sure to come back and listen again. Uh, we'll be doing it again Thursday. So, again, for Terrestrial Radio, you guys will get to hear our number one of Thursday show on Friday. And just uh, remember, whatever else you do, don't take my word for it. Not one little bit. Just don't do it. There's no reason to, to take my word for it. Go do your own research. Put in your time, a little effort, do your own research. Use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Don't forget to come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. And don't forget to uh, visit the Tap Into The Truth community over at locals.com. Sign up. You'll get an extra chance at trying to, uh, to be one of the winners of A.J. Rice's new book, The Walking Dead. The Woking Dead. Let me make sure I enunciate which is out now for purchase. Meanwhile, yeah, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, be smart, even if it goes against your nature. Now, oh yeah, by the way, hey Joe, this is Tim Tapp. in both hands Founders knew the second amendment was the final one to keep To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep Stalin, Hitler, Malamine, and Pol Pot They told us things that you never forgot Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family
is using both hands. Stick your progress with a song. 